Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is a Manhattan-bound B-Express train. The next stop is Grand Street. Mind the gap. Welcome to Skylines, the City Metric podcast. I'm John. I am alone once again, very tragically. But but we got we got some interesting people on this week's show. First up, we're gonna um well, we're gonna hear from from someone from a place that that I bang on about quite a lot. But you know, we're gonna hear from someone who's actually from there. So that's pretty cool. know what to even put as like my preamble bit because i'm nobody i'm somebody from twitter that's who i am we've had somebody from twitter on before wait are you talking about kevin yeah i mean he, he, but he's like a phd at yale whereas i'm like hey i've somehow managed to sink my teeth into this country and it can't shake me free i should warn you there is a danger i'm just going to include all this on the tape that's the kind of <laughs> thing i do um, but yeah just 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 say who you are and what you've written for us and we'll go from there okay I'm Sarah Manavis, and I guess I'm a writer. I'm a freelance writer, let's say that. Um, and I've written stuff for City Metric, and will ideally continue to do so. Okay, cool. And you're talking to us from... Well, I'm in Edinburgh now. Oh, that's um, just confused things, hasn't it? Being in Edinburgh. But, but yeah, yeah. My backstory is incredibly confusing, but yes, I'm in Edinburgh. I'm from Ohio. That makes things clear, isn't it? That's the point of me yeah, right now. Yeah, you're, you're, you're here as our, our official representative of not just Ohio, really, but the entire the entire Midwest. You're here as the representative of about eight or nine states. So I hope I'm you... here as the representative from anything that's not on the coast. Yeah, the, really, the, 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 the flyover territories is, mm-hmm. is it that, the entire Louisiana Purchase. So you wrote us a thing in May under the memorable headline, Here are the Six Freak Monuments and Statues of Ohio. Which I think is one of the one of the more important pieces of Ohio statuary commentary that's been published in recent weeks. But do you want to mm. do you want to tell us a little bit about about what the hell is going on there? Well, essentially, this was all inspired by, as many things are, a tweet because I so I grew up in Dayton, Ohio, or a suburb just outside of Dayton, Ohio, near one of the statues slash two of the statues, which is what is known as Touchdown Jesus, or the Lux Lundy, or Mundi, or something like that. I can't remember its Latin name, but it's essentially a... Uh, Lux Mundi, Light of the yes, World. Yes, there we go. I did um, and <laughs> it's a bust of Jesus Christ himself. Um, and when we say bust, like I really don't know, other than showing someone a picture, how to describe how enormous this thing is, because it literally is the size of like a medium to large size building. And it burned down after like five years, which is not a long time for a statue to exist. And then they were like, 
you know what? This went so well first time around. Why don't we just go for it one more time? Um, and they whacked another one up. Yeah. And so that, and then I decided to write about a couple more. So that's before we get into kind of what the other things are. I mean, let's, let's stick with touchdown, Jesus. <laughs> what the, I'm trying to think of a polite way of, of asking this, but what the hell is wrong with people from Ohio? I honestly, and the thing is, is I know that after we record this, I'm going to end up posting on Facebook being like, hey, guys, check it out. I'm on this podcast. And like 50% of the people I have on Facebook are people from Ohio. And I'm sure this entire podcast is going to be me just dragging it to the absolute end of the earth. But I mean, I think when you have very religious people with too much money, then there's just a lot of wiggle room to do whatever the hell you see fit. Describe the statue for us a little bit more. It's it's. How tall are we talking here? Well, it's important to clarify as well that there are two statues, that there was one that was built in, I think, 2005. And again, so it was $250,000 from a church. A church built it outside of their church in this pond, and it's on the side of the highway. So it's not in like a glamorous, nice area. It's like in a field with a church that is not only just a church that stands alone, but it's like a chain church. It's called the Solid Rock Church, and there's like a ton of them. Um watching my language, uh, all over the States. And essentially, so they built that, and it's a bust of Jesus Christ. So it's the bust, and he's raising his arms to the sky. And he's also known as Big Butter Jesus, as well as another one that people from Ohio, which is a very Ohio thing to call it. But essentially, it was built out of styrofoam with, like, effectively a lightning rod holding it up inside. Um, and it was literally struck by lightning and burned to the ground overnight, um, which is very funny. And then, again, as I said, they weren't like, oh, Oh, you know, we could do like $250,000 where a church, let's donate that somewhere. Let's put this to a good cause. Let's maybe even just, let's just fix up this church. Like who even, who gives a, anyway, sorry. Anyways, they could have done a lot of stuff with it, but they were like, no, let's build another statue of Jesus Christ in the same place, but like make it sort of different and less interesting. So now there's just a very tall, very thin, tall Jesus Christ, full body, went the whole, the whole hog that time. And yeah, now that's there standing tall. What I really love most about this story is is the pictures of of, of the burnt the out wreckage of the original, which is just this horrifying kind of skeletal Jesus creature reaching up to the skies. It's the most upsetting thing I've ever seen. And the thing that's spectacular about that is, like, I remember that. So, like, this was right near where I grew up. It was maybe, like, 20 minutes. It was somewhere where I would have passed by on, like, a fairly regular basis. That thing didn't get taken down quickly. That was there for surely, like, I'm not joking, like, months of just this horrible skeletor thing. Yeah, like, sitting outside this church, and it was so ominous and horrible. Like, honestly, it looks so post-apocalyptic. Like, I really don't understand how it's actually something that's real and not some fever dream. So, so you wrote. I'm trying this. really hard not to swear right now. I hope you know. I'm like, I'm having to cut myself off and find words because I'm trying not to scream. Um, anyways. That's 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 absolutely fine. Yeah, this is just to keep 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 trying. That's all we can do. So, so yeah, you wrote this this piece about. I mean, this the touchdown Jesus is definitely my favorite, but you did find you know five other kind of crazy statues in the great states of Ohio. I don't think you, I think you would really struggle to do that in the UK, which is, you know, it's a much, much bigger population here. And I don't think you could find six of the, like, once you've done the Angel of the North, where are you going to go next? So, you know, I absolutely hate the Angel of the North. I just want to make that, I want to put that on the record that I saw it for the first time, maybe like three months ago. And I actually screamed at it from a car window because I think it's so hideous and horrible. Is, Is it because it reminds you of home? 
that might be it. My PTSD kicking in. But yeah, I mean, basically what I'm wondering is, you know, what is it about Ohio that means people keep it? I mean, you've got some giant corn. You've uh, you've got the uh, you've got Ar- Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who is not from Ohio, right? It's... There's literally that one, I think, is the most baffling of all of them. Like the other ones have sort of like thematic things like the world's largest gavel is outside a courthouse. The fields of corn is where a field of corn could be. And, like, these are things that you could, like, vaguely associate with Ohio. Really, you could probably associate with anywhere. But the Arnold Schwarzenegger one, when I found that, I was just, like, I I was, when I was doing research for this, I was sat with my boyfriend. I was just, like, I, this is so inexplicable to me. And he kept being, like, oh, what about this? Or, oh, what about that? And there's literally no reason other than he won a tournament there, like, in the 80s at some point. And then they put the statue up outside of the place where he won. And then it got, like, demolished in less than 18 months. And then they just had it in a field and then had to like relocate it downtown. And now it just sits there for people to be like, what the hell is this here? I mean, I guess what I'm wondering is, are these things meant to be like the sites? If you're kind of like a small town in the middle of nowhere, do you build one of these things in a desperate attempt to get people to come off the highway and visit you? Because otherwise they're just going to keep going straight down the interstate. Well, I think with at least two of them. With actually, I know that the last one, I think three of them, the last one is obviously in Indiana, not in Ohio. And I thought it was in Ohio for such a long time, literally until I did research for this article. Um, this massive statue of a candle for a candle factory. But I think that there is very little going on in Ohio. And so you know what? If you have to build a massive gavel and put it on TripAdvisor and tell people it's like in the top 10 things to do in Columbus, like, you know what, you're trying, that's fine, so be it. But I think that is it. I think that it's an idea of there's not much to do here, so like, why don't we whack something in an empty field and maybe people will come look at it. I mean, on my my road trip uh, for the election last year, we did go to uh, Louisville, uh, where there is, there is nothing. I mean, we went there mainly because it's in a song. And, and, you know, it, it, and Wait, it's to kind where? Of, like in Kentucky? Uh, Louisville, yeah. Am I pronouncing that right? I, can, yeah, I always you get are pronouncing that, it right. I'm, that's, no, no, you were pronouncing it right. It's, it's, and that's it's, why it confused me. Yeah, so I'm, the, the, the first time I was in, in that part of the States, um, I had someone in the bar spend about half an hour trying to get me to pronounce it with, with the right number of, you basically, you've got to take all the, all the vowels out, haven't you? You've just got to yeah. kind of, yeah. But yeah, there, it's like a city of a million people and there is, nothing there there is a there is a statue of colonel sanders who founded kentucky fried chicken uh and which i obviously i got a picture with that and there is a giant baseball bat that is like 22 feet high or something outside the baseball museum and and that is it for the sites of louisville and you know it's this is this is this was like it's a fairly significant regional city at one point, right? This is not like a small yeah. place. Like no, it isn't, and it's also like like I, when I was growing up, it would be like, wow, we're going to Louisville for the weekends, like driving down. It's gonna be so great. It's so cultured and stuff like that. And like, you know what? Maybe there are some hidden gems that you have to be hidden gems that you have to be from the Midwest to be able to find. But it, like, I think this is the case with m- many Midwestern cities. Is that oh god, I'm gonna get absolutely. I'm going to get quartered for this, but like, I think with a lot of Midwestern cities, the only people that bother to go there are people that only have access to other Midwestern cities. And so your bar of what is a good or interesting city is very, very low. 
Okay, so let's 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 move on. I'm not gonna, you're not going to be able to put that on. <laughs> you're not going to be able to use that. Oh, I am. Oh, believe me, I am. Please, um, honestly, I'm gonna like. I'm literally <laughs> gonna get blocked on Facebook. No, it's fine. There's no there's no other way to say people from the Midwest have bad taste, and uh, because they only have exposure to each other's bad taste, uh, all the cities are terrible. So I'm not really sure there's a nicer way to say that. So, like, the Midwest is one, I mean, particularly Ohio. Ohio is kind of like the keystone of the Midwest, right? It's one of those places that the world becomes obsessed with for about three months every four years during a presidential election when suddenly it's the big swing states and otherwise goes completely and utterly ignored, right? There's kind of, it's not somewhere that mm. people would, would visit otherwise. So, I mean... Do you want to sell it to us a little bit? Tell us about because I've I've talked about the Midwest a lot in this podcast. I don't know anything about it really, so I've been there for a week. So come and tell us about the Midwest. Where does it fit into the great American myth? Well, I mean, to be honest, when I so I've been living in the UK for about five years, and whenever and and also because I think when people hear an American accent, they assume oh you must be from LA or New York or Boston or somewhere like interesting. And then I say Ohio and people don't really know what that is. Um, so essentially, and then I say, oh, it's like in the middle and not great. I wouldn't recommend you go there. So I'm not like, I'm not the best spokesperson in terms of selling Ohio. Um, but it is, but one thing I would do say is that once every four years, it actually becomes important. And I think to be fair with like relatively good reason, it does genuinely like it is the bellwether for elections to quote 538 um but it, it really is important and it does set trends especially when it comes to like huge swing states that aren't really in one of these like metropolitan areas which tend to go blue anyway so it doesn't really matter um and yeah and i think if you're going to care if you want to care about one thing about ohio that is justifiable to care about that is it is that it actually does decide a lot of very important political things so Give me a bit of a sort of profile of the place, because I kind of I, I have said on this podcast before that I kind of think it's a bit like the north of England, but, you know, 10 times the size. It's that kind of po- it's that kind of post-industrial, slightly forgotten territory. Am I am I being massively unfair to either one of those places or? I mean, I think that you're right, to be honest. I mean. You do have like, and, and also this is the same with the north of England. Like you have pockets of relatively uh, like, like, like little like culture spots where things are happening and things are different. And like a lot of it is gentrified areas, to be honest. Like if you go to, to be fair, Columbus is a relatively good city, but Dayton, for example, like the, the nice bit of Dayton is like the hipster district where it's like young people coming and, um, making it better, um, or making it or, uh, better. God, that's so. Unfair of me. I'm making it, I guess, more palatable to young people or people who are going to go and spend money. I mean, I think it is very similar. It has so many pockets of places that are just empty or industrial or like untouched by any sort of economic recovery, which we were sort of talking about a few weeks ago. And I think that's absolutely right, is that it's just you can see other parts of the country where it's prospering. And this is probably the same with a lot of the Midwest, but Ohio, there are really large areas of Ohio and it's, and it is why I think it went red in the last election and why I voted for Trump where it's just not quite better. Um, and you really have to be near a city for it to feel like it's gotten better. And, and yeah, I think it is, it, it's quite comparable when you look at places like, especially the Northeast, I think in the in the uk that i mean looking at like sunderland is kind of like i i would say like is what reminds me the most of ohio 
uh, purely from demographic speaking and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, it feels to me just that it feels like there are political parallels and it's kind of a, a fairly a blue collar area that's tended to vote for the left, but has recently gone the other way. Uh, and also it's it's very post-industrial. It's kind of a place that was built around heavy industry that's kind of that's kind of pulled out. Yeah. And, and to be honest, that's like one of the big things is like my parents met in Ohio working for NCR, so National Cash Register, which is a huge company um, there. I mean, if you look at any I mean, if you look at any cash register, if you look at any self-service checkout in the UK, NCR will be on every single screen at the bottom. Um, it's huge. And they just left Dayton a couple of years ago. Um, and you have big ones like P&G, like Procter & Gamble, which are an Ohio-based company. Um, but I think that they've been trying to set up a new space in Ohio, and it's just not happened for years and years and years, just because people are just, I don't know. I, I mean, it's obviously a combination of sort of the economic stuff, but I also just think that there's a big trend where people do tend to be leaving these big suburban area or um, big rural areas in these Midwestern states. Um, and it just gives way less of an incentive for businesses to be there, to be honest. But it always kind of feels to me like, um, what's the what's what's the name of the city in It's a Wonderful Life? Bedford Falls. Yes. Like that kind, it, that kind of sort of golden age movie America. If that always feels like it's talking about the Midwest, right? It's like that was the sort of the first heartland of the country, really, wasn't it? Yeah, and well, where did you go in the U.S. when you were there last year? Not to turn this around on you. Oh no, we we did something insane, like fifteen states in two weeks. I mean, one of them was Delaware, which literally took us eleven minutes. Um, but that's that's not even. Where else in the Midwest, though? Were were you other than Ohio? We saw bits of Pennsylvania. We went to Scranton, Pennsylvania. We went to Detroit. Chicago is technically the Midwest, although obviously it's a very, well, yeah. a very it's a very different beast. Yeah, different. No, but what I was going to say is that I think like anybody who goes to anywhere in the Midwest is you can see that it's not if you go anywhere that's not in a like very rich, very nice neighborhood. It's just not like that. And I I mean, I don't think anyone in their 20s or 30s is really old enough to know a time where it was like that or even older, really. But it's just it's not this sort of like happy go lucky, howdy doody, white picket fence like kind of place. Um Unless if you're in like a very very rich area, it just sort of feels to me like when they were talking, when sort of books and movies and so on were talking about that kind of you know the, 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 the disgusting phrase I know, but real America, they kind of meant places like they didn't they didn't mean like oh New yeah York. They no meant, they mean I, middle America yeah, yeah they mean Midwest and and yeah the Midwest was the first example of middle America because these places were starting to get built up by like the late 19th century whereas the West obviously took took longer actually that's a thing i've been meaning to ask someone what the hell is with the name ohio is clearly not in the west it's very clearly in the eastern half of the country well to be honest i actually don't know where that comes from and i'm wondering if it's to call back to what you were saying the like like original 13 colonies like pre-louisiana purchase or maybe like just after it's happened like is that where that name is derived from like i'm not really sure um, yeah, I it doesn't make any sense. So, I mean, like, in, I mean, if in, anything that's west of Pennsylvania is considered the Midwest. Yeah, I mean, in like the Great Gatsby. Yeah. Like he's meant to be from Ohio, and it's referred to as the West throughout, and that was written in like 1926 or something. Yeah. So. No, it's it's obviously a very stupid name, and it doesn't make any sense. But it also is like nobody really outside of the U.S. And to be honest, if you're even if you're in the U.S. and you live on the coast, um, in any coastal city or even just in a coastal suburb, 
I mean, you don't, you've never been to Ohio. You've had no reason to go to Ohio. And so you might as well just lump it in with the rest of the states that don't really have anything particularly remarkable about them, at least to people that don't live there. Um, you are so, going to be so popular. With no, I'm horrible. On Facebook. <laughs> Honestly, I'm terrible. Like uh, I, people like, like honestly, for the last five years, I've had people coming up to me trying to like mock Ohio and be like, "Hey, the U.S. sucks," and I'm like, "Yeah, buddy, you're telling me." Like I am on board <laughs> with the drag. It's so horrible. Um, again, I'm not these sure these are things you're going to want to put on your uh, <laughs> on your feed. But no, I'm absolutely awful about it. Let's 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 flip this around. Give us something. Give us something positive to say about the Midwest. <sighs> I'm not even trying to be funny right now. I like, like, okay. So here's the thing that people say like, Oh, the people are really nice. And like, I have not really experienced that. Like, and, and to be honest, like I'm not somebody who goes to like New York and I'm like, everybody's loud and mean or whatever. You go to like San Francisco and you're like, everybody's so chill. It, I, there are very many nice things about living in the Midwest. There are some very nice suburbs. The place I grew up was very lovely, but but I genuinely have no things to say that are nice about Ohio that you couldn't say about like anywhere else in the U S like, Oh, there's good pizza. Like that's what I guess I could say, but like same with literally everywhere in the world. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, I'm just trying to, yeah. Oh, wait, um, I could talk about. Yeah. Yeah. What have you got? I have something good about Ohio and that is skyline chili and skyline chili is a Colossus in the Midwest, not just Ohio. But across several states, it makes up an entire percentage point of Cincinnati's economy. And it is rated the worst chili in the United States, but it's a beautiful meal, a very beautiful, cheap, and I'm sure cheaply made meal. And that is one thing that is worth going to Ohio for. Considered the good type of diarrhea sludge is uh, how it was written about. So there you go. You can pop that on the, the feed, I'm sure. Okay, so reasons to visit Ohio, diarrhea sludge, and the swing states. Mm, oh, and, and, and Touchdown Jesus. Yes, well, the new one. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So regular listeners may have noticed that I, I have some difficulty hanging on to co-hosts in fact somebody made a crack being my my co-host on this show is is a bit like being the defense against the dark arts teacher at hogwarts um somebody's not technically been a co-host but has done a lot of podcasts with me for which i'm very grateful is our is our anthony howard scholar patrick mcguire and it's, it's your last week with us isn't it your... it is it is my uh period is the ns's chubby gilderoy lockhart lockhart is coming to an end so which 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 I'm quite pleased about because you know, fundamentally we share a dress sense. It's getting really awkward. It is. It is. I'm for those who aren't familiar with my aesthetic. It's like John if he had blonde hair, which is slightly disturbing for all, all concerned, really. But but yeah, you're 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 off. So I thought it'd be nice to. And also, it was a bit weird that time I tried to read all the tweets on my own. So really, I'm just using you to, to... as a sounding board. Yeah, that's fine. I'm more than happy to. Uh your man friday john excellent so in keeping with with our theme this week i asked the internet you know what's your favorite weird tourist attraction and and you know there was actually a surprisingly good response on this one a lot of good banter one of my favorites in fact well not my favorite but i think one of the one of the best and the most bantery was that uh Sarah Manavis, who you've literally just heard on this podcast, pointed out that there's a shiny bean in Chicago. And they said they couldn't read out her tweet because she's already on the podcast and she looked sad. And someone else said, hey, John, did you know there's a shiny bean in Chicago? So thanks to Ben Gartside for that contribution. That unprinted, that unsayable contribution. There was some uh, very fruity language in that. Yeah, yeah. Naughty undergraduate Ben Gartside. I may have have amended some of the language there. Another one of my favourite tweets, I, I forgot to like it, so I can't remember who sent it, and, you know, please do write in, and I will give you full some credit for this, but was was Eminem, oh, it's Duncan Robinson, Eminem's world, I am a big evangelist for the pleasures of Eminem world, there's, you know, four floors, it's really good visually, and also it's it's a great place to people watch. What the hell is in there? Is it just... just wall after wall of Eminem's, uh, every sort of Eminem piece of M&M ephemera you could want, you know, clothes, uh, novelty canisters of M&M's in every shape and size, you know, and you can get little things printed on M&M's, so I could say, um, Johnny's my real dad, get that printed on uh, dozens and hundreds of M&M's. There are, se- there are several reasons I'm going to ask you to please not do that, <laughs> but like, I'm just baffled by the idea that anyone would like, hey, let's go to what is obviously a, a great big shop. Well, tourist attraction. I mean, you can get photos with the with the novelty M and M's. They've they've got a little M and M Abbey Road. Uh, I think the 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 yellow one, as per the the funny advert, is, is the Ringo um, of that one. <laughs> they have individual personalities. Now. They they do. Have you not seen when you go to the pictures? They have the the M and M advert, and there's a one who's a whip smart wisecracker, and the other is a, a bit of a bit of an unworldly goon. This is amazing. You've been working here four months and I've literally only just found out that you're secretly an Eminem fanboy. This I, is a I whole really thing. am, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, so, that, so it's literally across the road from Ripley's Believe It or Not, which is the single weirdest place I've ever been in my life. So I'd, I'd recommend a crawl between the two. It's like, yeah, if you want... I mean, it's a shame there's a bit of a distance from Madame Tussauds, but I suppose it's just up the Bakerloo line. But if you ever really wanted to complete the trifecta of terrible, terrible London tourist attractions, the thing about Ripley's Believe It or Not that really stays with me is they had an exhibit about, like, 
this is what a black hole is. And to demonstrate, they invite you to drop a coin into this thing and you watch it spiral down. And it's just, it's just literally just a way of giving money out of people. And there's no pretense about it. There's another, there's another exhibit that stays in my mind and I can't for the life remember what they, what they were trying to do with this one. But it was literally just you press a button and some boobs inflate on a mannequin. <laughs> God. And this is I bet like, you like that one, John. It's you? just it's unreconstructed. Just, and people pay actual money to go to this thing. Anyway, let's read some more tweets. I like this. I liked um, Matt, Matt Simons suggest the embalmed corpse of Jeremy Bentham here at UCL, uh, which is my, promoting uh, the greatest happiness for the greatest number of tourists. Indeed, my alma mater. Well, you, you would. Good thing was they they shut it at, at a certain time every. I think they shut it about five o'clock, which was good because when I was on all nighters, which happened fairly often, the last thing I wanted in my sort of. Pro Plus induced stupor was the embalmed corpse of Jeremy Bentham staring back at me. He does come to life at night as well, doesn't he? Well, indeed. He? And his head was, uh, there is a, an urban legend which is, which is definitely untrue. Um, UCL have a, a rivalry with Kings, or oh, listeners can't see my clenched fists right now. Um, and in the 60s, they allegedly, lots of asterisks around that, uh, stole Jeremy Bentham's embalmed head and played football with it. So Jeremy Bentham's real head, his real leathery head, is now kept in a special vault somewhere in the bowels of UCL. So the head is fake. Yeah, the head. Is, the head the is the real fake. body, but the head is fake. And it's um, well, it's his bones, and the, the, the clothes are stuffed with straw. And um, when they have a meeting of the UCL council, the sort of um, decision-making body of the university, he is uh, an attending but non-voting member, and they literally take his corpse out of the out the box and sit him at the, at, the, at the table. He has a little name card and everything. Can I just point out that the whole point of UCL was it was meant to be like the rational university in opposition to to the, to the very religious Oxford and Cambridge. And I'm just and baffled now that we, it's so rational that you take a, a guy who's been dead for 200 years to meetings once we, in a while. We richly worship the corpse of, uh, of our forefather. And uh, John Chilvers suggested the tiny Tesco in Westminster, which I, I think was a bit of a weird suggestion. Quite a lot of people seem to like that one. Someone else said, oh, yeah, that's brilliant. It's just a bloody Tesco's. And it is, you know, the one-way system, if you fall foul of that, you are you are done for. You're wasting your entire afternoon. You could offend, like, so many politicos at once. No, no, no. I mean, I, 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 you know, I'm a big, uh, you know, I buy my sandwiches there if I'm, in, if I'm in the area. But no, I mean, I'm not a fan. Ed Jefferson suggests Margate's inexplicable shell grotto because it's just weird. And I was a bit surprised by that because he did once write a very good piece for us about the... Are you aware of the Yanto Shrine in Cardiff? I'm not. Oh, yes, I am. The Torchwood thing. Yeah, this is just a memorial to a fictitious character (laughs) from a bad TV show who died in 2009, which I believe is, according to TripAdvisor, the 12th best thing to do in Cardiff. Really? Yeah. I love love dedications to, to fictional people. They've got that... Statue, I don't know in which Scottish city of Ur Woolley, you know that little oh, lad yeah, who sits McCartney. on an upturned bucket. And I was, I was going to say they've got a statue of Eric Morecambe in Morecambe, but Eric Morecambe was a real man. He was, um, yeah, famously so. Uh, I'm going to big up Dan Godbold's suggestion of Keswick Pencil Museum, if only because it will allow me to one because I've been and they had uh, my favourite pencil there was they had a pencil that they airlifted into uh, uh, wherever the Allies were in the mid 40s. God, that's such a weird way of talking about the the Western Front of the Second World War. Um, but you were, if you were dispatched to say, no, France, John, they'd give you this pencil and it would have a tiny little map inside it that you would pull out and you'd have the the map of, I don't know, the the, the bit of Normandy you were in. Um, and the Keswick Pencil Museum allows me to segue to my favourite subjects in the world, which is my hometown of Southport, which has the world's only lawnmower museum. I've never been. 
You never go to these things in your hometown. Though, no, exactly. Do you? Even though like... I had, even though I won a blue Peter badge when I was ten, and that was one of the attractions, I still never went. But when people ask me, you know, what what is Southport like? I say we've got the world's only Lawnmower Museum. I'm intensely proud of it, but I'd never ever go. Do, 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 does anyone go? I mean, I mean, I imagine I, I imagine some people do. I mean, they've got it. I mean, it is just like an adjunct, an, an annex to a a uh, lawnmower shop. But they've got you know celebrity lawnmowers, Prince Charles's lawnmower. Uh, Gene Alexander, who played Hilda, Hilda Ogden in Corrie's Lawnmower. I mean, that alone is. I think that's quite a reason to go to South. No, really. Noel Edmonds Lawnmower. I think one of the oldest lawnmowers in the world as well. Okay, okay. I've, I'm going to ask you this before you go. Is Southport really in Liverpool? No, but it is in the Liverpool City region. The Liverpool City region. I'd say it's gradually scousifying, which sophology nerds can tell from the. Uh, results of the the general election just gone. Uh, Labour have tripled their vote share in three general elections as a result of demographic change. If you're a scouser and you have a bit of money and you want a quieter life, you don't like the big city, for instance, or but you know there's a, a general sort of flight of posh scousers to Southport. Um, it's quite away from Liverpool, isn't it? It's well, like I mean, 15, it's, 20 miles or something, isn't it? It's yeah, but the, the the road links are very good. New bypass uh, just outside of Southport will. Get you straight to uh, Switch Island. Not that I mean, if anyone listening uh, to this knows what or where Switch Island is, I'll I'll buy you a pint. And uh, the the train takes about forty minutes. It's uh, it's great, but it's you know I'm not a scouser. I'm a wool. That's mostly that woolly back. Is that what we what they call people from outside? But you know I have a great affinity. Good. The Northerners talk such complete and utter nonsense. It's just like why does everyone need like a bloody completely meaningless like adjective for like oh, oh, like these made up names like every town in the south of England does not have like a ridiculous name like people from Southampton are not called hams or something it's just not a thing we do what is wrong with northerners well i mean i mean we we are intensely we have an intense sense of civic pride and also i think i, I scousers have every right to to say actually if you're from southport you're not one of us because actually the god i'm getting into the the southport sense of self Southport feels a much greater affinity with uh, with Lancashire. Uh, well, a lot of people in Southport do, a lot of the older generation do. And in the early noughties, there was a, a Southport separatist party called the Southport Party, who won a few council seats, who wanted to break with Bootle to the south uh, and then form their own county borough inside Lancashire rather than in Merseyside. Ah, so this would have involved coming out of... Uh... Merseyside, and they would not now be part of the, the Liverpool City region. I know, I know, and also I think, you know, it doesn't make any sense. The, the transport links to the south are much better. I think generally, you know, I feel a much greater affinity to Liverpool than I do with Preston or Nelson or Colne or Burnley. But people get really weirdly snobby about this stuff. Like, I don't know how familiar you are with the... Actually, you probably are because you're, you're a sophology nerd, so you probably have an idea of the shape of Greater London. Yeah. And, you know, um, there's this kind of Kingston Peninsula sticking mm. out to the southwest. The reason there is that pointy bit sticking out into Surrey, surrounded by Surrey except on one side, is because the what is now the borough of Epsom and Yule... Oh. Uh, should logically be included in Greater London. There's no reason it's not in there, except that the residents kicked up a stink in the early 1960s. Well, and there's a few places that kind of got themselves out of being part of Greater London like there, that. There is a big grassroots movement in Epsom. Uh, the lo- local MP for Epsom Newell is, is Chris Grayley, and they've been lobbying furiously to get Epsom in TfL Fair Zone 6, and it's not. Well, that's the reason. It's like, if it was... It's, if, if it Doesn't was make any sense. Greater... Snobbishness. Or, well, I mean, they can... They could put money in. Like, Epping Forest Council in Essex actually mm. puts money into the system to get a lot of its stations on the central line into 
into TFL. Mm. But but yeah, it's like you can't have it both ways, lads. If you want to be in Surrey, you've got to pay to play. It's you like the pay EU. The tunes, yeah, yeah, it's like the EU, really, isn't it? <laughs> it's the after of. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they want the, the Norway model. So so you're leaving us on Friday. Where are you off to next? I'm off to uh, The Times, Britain's newspaper record. Well, Very much looking forward to it. Good luck with that. I, t- I tell people to keep an eye on your work because you've been, you've been doing loads of good stuff, particularly about Northern Ireland recently. Thanks for it. Well, they're going to struggle at The Times because of the whole paywall thing. But, you know, you've, I'm well, sure. pay. I mean, you know, you've got to pay for good journalism. Yeah. This is, this Apart is, from the NS. Yeah, well, we're working on that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, keep an eye on Patrick's tweets and thank you for coming on the podcast. I mean, my tweets are quite bad and dull. But if you care about what uh, my source inside the Ulster Unionist Party is saying, then you're in for a wild ride. One last question. When am I going to get that interview with Joe Anderson, you promised me? Before the end of the week, John. Before the end of the week. Well, we'll see. Um, I need to do a bit for the beginning as well, so I can put it all together, but you, f- you can run back upstairs if you want. I mean, do you not want me to help you put this together? Matt? Sorry? Do you, want, do you not want my help putting it back to... Um, oh, if you like. like I mean, I, I literally need like about two or three minutes. So just oh, okay. keep, like, it's up. It's up to you. It's entirely your call. Like, uh, if you do go upstairs, you have to tell Indy you broke it. Okay, I'll stay, I'll stay down here. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.